If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. This is News Desk with me, Mamisi Nyamiche Thompson. In the next hour, be careful of economic conditions in fixing conditions of service for members of Article 71 office holders, that's President Okovado, to a newly constituted emolument committee. Whether or not, notwithstanding the constitutional imperatives, we are deserving of what is being paid to us in view of the challenges currently confronting our national economy. What does this mean for us in the debate regarding the value X ratio given Article 71 office holders and its implications on the public purse? We'll find out. The National Council has not broken any law. NPP defends the Thai decision as Bache Jaco refrains from runoff, citing legal breaches. With details, plus hear from former chairman aspirants and political scientists taking the National Council on and accuses them of taking a dictatorial decision. Former Education Minister and author Professor Kwesi Yanka charges all and sundry to stand against persons sabotaging the fight against Galamse in his latest memoir titled The Pen at Risk. The monsters are powerless. We are as a nation. If we cannot overcome Galamse, and I'm not saying that we can do it only with moral suasion. It's a combination of moral suasion and physical action. We have more from him and the first Deputy Speaker of Parliament, who is also justifying additional one Ghana CD payment by consumers on water bills for water treatment, citing the need for collaboration in sharing costs. Also, more than 70 dead in South Africa's blaze. We have updates and also take a look at our own fire safety situation in Ghana, particularly in the capital city in the wake of the Johannesburg incident. These are more coming up shortly. Please stay. Welcome back. We start with the president. Ecofado has charged a newly constituted monument committee to be mindful of the prevailing economic conditions in the country in making recommendations on the salaries, allowances, facilities and privileges payable to Article 71 office holders. The committee chaired by the immediate past chairman of the Public Services Commission, Dr. Janet Fofier, is to make recommendations in respect of emoluments and other privileges as specified under the constitution and examine any other relevant matters which the committee will deem appropriate to its work. President Ecofuado wants the committee to be mindful of the state of the Ghanaian economy in their recommendations. Must indicate that in recent times, a lot of public discourse surrounding the remuneration of remuneration of public officers has centered primarily on those of Article 71 office holders. And whether or not, notwithstanding the constitutional imperatives, we are deserving of what is being paid to us in view of the challenges currently confronting our national economy. It may, might well be that your work should also focus on these concerns and make recommendations on how they should be addressed. The task ahead of you is a challenging one, and it is my expectation and hope 
that you'll be up to it and deliver your report expeditiously. You have my full support to undertake this assignment, assure your government's assistance if needed throughout the period of your work. The five-member committee also includes former Minister for Planning, Professor Jan Balfour, and Chief Executive Officer of the Fair Wages Commission, Ben Arthur. Chairperson Dr. Janet Fofier is hopeful the committee recommendations will be fair to all sectors. Now, let's stay a while more on this as we consider the implication of the expected outcome of the work of this committee on the national purse, particularly in the wake of the debate regarding cost of paying excretia on the economy. Now, Mr. Vitos Azum is... Axim is an anti-corruption crusader who joins us live with more. Mr. Axim, we're grateful for your time here on Newsdesk. How does the constitution of the committee come to you? Well, it is not surprising. It's, a, it's something they do every, every four years, like a, like a ritual. And some of us have had problems with it because when somebody, a public officer is appointed, giving employment, you are issued a letter with your terms and conditions of service, stating your salary and whatever. So I don't know why in the case of seven to one officials, you have to always wait for four years and approve their emoluments. This committee is now going to start sitting and it will be finally be put to, to given to the to parliament to approve for the executive and given to the executive to approve that of parliament. And it happens every year. But you see, you cannot continue to be improving upon people's salaries and allowances every year, considering our present predicament. If you revise based on inflation and other things, like the concession you give to public officers, it's a public service, that's fine. But the, the terms should not revise. If the four, every four years, the one, four computer year, four computer months of service, sorry, four months for each computer year of service, it should remain that. And only the place, the, the figures, the amounts will vary. But if you also continue to revise the month, like instead of three years, you send it to four years, to five years, uh, into, to four months, five years, that is not good enough for us. We cannot sustain this. And yeah. even part of the problem is that certain people, public officers have found their way into this uh, at the 71 unofficially and retire on their salaries, making bring a heavy burden on the budget, especially the year after we hold elections and a new government comes to place. We see the people in Venezuela scrambling for payments. Right. Mr. Exim, I mean, considering our current economic circumstances, did you think or do you think this constitution should have been commissioned at all? Well, it is a constitutional requirement, and the president will be failing his duties if he does not do that. But then the, the, the commission should take into consideration our present predicament. The commission can just say, oh, the, 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 the way the, the current, uh, the previous government, uh, the previous leaders benefited is enough. Let's maintain it. They don't necessarily have to change it. I'm probably right it for. For, for inflation. But what I know is that they will fix their salary, or, yeah, and, and then every year they will adjust about 20%. And that will be carried forward to the fourth year when they have left office. Used to calculate, to pay them arrears, but also used to pay them uh, end of service benefits. And I think that is not the best for us. Their salary should be determined at the beginning of their term of office. So that we all move along as public officers. So, moving forward, what should have been the appropriate decision to take on this matter? I'm saying that the appropriate decision is for the Commission to say that let's maintain the status quo. Let's maintain the current conditions of service of Article 71 officers. But let's make an adjustment for uh, inflation because workers have, been, workers have had their salaries increase over the, in the last three or four years. So it will be unfair to not adjust for inflation, but then the, the conditions should remain the same. 
Grateful for your time, sir. Dr. Vitus Axim there. Now, the chairperson, Dr. Janet Fofier, is hopeful the committee's recommendation will be fair to all concerned. And see, as a retired Article 71 office holder myself, I'm keenly aware of the significance of this committee. I'm also aware of the sometimes very heated debates in our national conversations over the years on this matter. It is my hope that the committee will get valuable insights, views, inputs, and support from all stakeholders to enable us to deliver a comprehensive and timely report to His Excellency for your consideration and approval. The NPP is defending the decision by its National Council, which is the second highest decision-making body in the party, to allow only its members to determine the tie between Boache Jako and Adainimo in a runoff to qualify for the November Congress of Experience. Now, the party insists the National Council is clouded with the power to vary the NPP constitution when necessary and acted accordingly. Before we hear from the NPP, my colleague Elton Brobe joins me with excerpts of the statement issued by Boache Jako. Elton, what's the latest on that? So, Mamiesi, what Boche Jacob, in a letter that is addressed to the party, he makes some recommendations and says that it will be unfair for him to participate in an exercise that, you know, seeks to undermine the constitutional provisions in the party. He makes the point that the party, at its own Congress, that decided on the composition of the superdelegates, came to the conclusion that when the participants are more than five, there should be a super delegate that will decide and go to trim the number to five. And it is clearly spelled out. There is no provision that says that in the event of a tie or a runoff, the party council should consult itself into a super delegate to decide who should join the other four. And that for him to accept the position of the party, that decision that was raised yesterday will amount to him condoning an illegality, something that he's not willing to do. And if the party is bent on carrying through the decision of council, which now allows the 135 uh, member, members to vote in the runoff, who amount to an illegality and unconstitutional you know, approach. And for that reason, he is stepping out of the race, will not contest the runoff schedule for this weekend, and that automatically will allow the party to uh, select Francis Adainimo as the fifth person to contest the November 4 uh, Congress of the Party to elect a flag. We are going into the 2024 election. This is the letter that Wachaja uh, could go to the party. Right. Thank you very much, Elton Brobe. Now we can listen to Deputy General Secretary of the NPP, Harina Mohammed, defending the decision taken by the National Council. Nobody has broken their law. The National okay. Council acted on its powers. With regards to the, the point of integrity... Yeah, just do that for me quickly. Mm -hmm. With the point, regards to the point of, of integrity, integrity yes. mm -hmm. first of all, the rules that were set by the Presidential Elections Committee was acting on the powers of the National Council. However, these rules were supposed to be approved by the National Council. Well, and these rules had not come to the attention of the National Council, but was used to run the elections. The National Council seizes the power to vary the rules, even in the process of running the elections. So the National Council is not a small body. It is the second highest making decision body apart from council. And it's not made up of just few numbers. It's more than 100. The National Council is more than 100. I'll tell you the composition of National Council, and you appreciate what the National Council... Bochajaku is a member of the National Council. He knows the powers and strength of National Council. And I believe that the National Council to make this particular decision will not fall fact of the case that that okay. is the right uh, decision that is made by the party. And I heard about short-chaining. Yes. Mm -hmm. Nobody is short-chaining anybody. Nobody is doing it for a particular candidate. We are doing this constitutionally to make sure that the party is safeguarded. That is why the Constitution in Article 1031 is very specific for the well-being of the party. 
That former national chairman aspirant and political scientist Dr. Amakuba is taking on the National Council, accusing them of taking a dictatorial decision. You've been given that power, but it must be spelled out within, within the constitution. What happens if you have a tie like we have now? And it never occurred to a single person that that could happen for you to make rules for it. And now that it's happened, now you're talking as if on your head, on top of your head, now you're going to make a decision. You don't run democracy this way. No, and there are so many issues wrong with it. You see, we, we became a thing. We are democratic. We write the rules, National Council, this and that. And so they can become dictatorial. No, just because you've been given the power, that same, doesn't mean the process you are following are constitutional. No. This should not happen. It's not, not you, at any given moment, you get up and say, we are going to decide. How are you going to decide? No. Constitutionally, it should be spelled out ahead of time. Everybody knows on the same page. That's how you do it. Now you wait until there's a problem. Then you say, we are going This is a question to you. If, if you were the national chairperson of the New Patriotic Party, you have this situation on your hands. What alternatives would you be possibly looking at? I, w- I would have put it in that if any time there's a tie for the fifth position, we'll have six, six candidates. Why not? What is the magic between five and six? You, you, you have a, a constitutional restraint at five. Well, that is why we have to change the constitution. See, they, they have the constitution and they pass it, they bypass it anytime they want. I wouldn't do that. Let's put it in the constitution that if there is a tie for the fifth position, we'll have six candidates. Meanwhile, political scientist and senior lecturer at the University of Ghana, Dr. Sasante, says the decision taken by the National Council can cause confusion and dissatisfaction in the party. Vision uh, that they have the power to take that decision. I believe that in matters of this nature, uh, it is discussed from the word go and people become accustomed with. Uh, the rules of the game, not midstream, and then you change the game. Uh, you change the rules of the game. It becomes uh, something else, and people take it with suspicion, right? But having said this, well, if it is that is what the provision says, well, let it not be the case that they want to do that to change something, somebody. Else, then you are creating confusion within the party. The rules must be what? The ground rules must be the same for everybody. And what is, uh, you know, thrown out as the rules of the game, we respect it from the beginning to the end. So why the surprise? Uh, but, but, I mean, th- these are just two individuals who, who are being shortlisted, after all. Yeah, but it's not, we are not talking about that. We are talking about institutions. And here I'm talking about rules, regulations, procedures that govern the conduct of people and then the electoral processes. That you can't just change them at your whim. You do that, uh, you cause disaffection within the party. And that is what I'm worried about. Renowned Ghanaian author and academic Ikwesi Iyanka is urging stakeholders to stand against persons sabotaging the fight against Galamse. He indicates that the country is at war with illegal miners, but speaking at the launch of his memoir titled The Pen at Risk, Spill My Little Beans, he emphasized that traditional leaders should not compromise the fight against Galamse despite a decision. Every country ought to pay attention to uh, what are the military that is otherwise going to fight in the sub-region? What they did, are they doing internally here? The soft war of Galamse. It's not the soft war, though. Let anybody undertake research into the volume of arms in the forest as we speak, controlled by um, the Galamse people. Nobody has even touched a tip of that iceberg. It's a huge war, and there can be an implosion within the country in any time for now. I think maybe we should pay attention to the untouched issue of Galamse, which clearly demonstrates how powerless we are as a nation. 
if we cannot overcome Galamsey, and I'm not, I'm not saying that we can do it only with moral suasion. It's a combination of moral suasion and physical action. In the same development, First Deputy Speaker of Parliament, Joseph Osewusu, is justifying the additional payment of one Ghana city by consumers on every water bill for water treatment. The Public Utilities Regulatory Commission, PURC, indicated that the cost of treating water has become expensive due to illegal mining. But the Deputy Speaker of Parliament, Joseph Osewusu, emphasizes that we should collaborate and share the cost. It is a fair reflection to say that every water body that is used as a source of water supply is polluted. I live at Bekwai. Bekwai doesn't source its water from any of the flowing waters. We use underground water. Draw all our water from wells, dark boreholes. We pump them up and we distribute. For those living in some part of the country, there's no indication. So it's probably not fair to charge everyone extra money. But it's also the problem is caused by our inactivity or our connivance, all of us, or many of us, in the places where illegal mining and water bodies are happening. We probably should all share the cost associated with it. Otherwise, it will not be fair to charge places where they are not drawing water from water bodies. Members of the Technical University Teachers Association of Ghana, TUTAG, are mounting pressure on leadership to declare nationwide strike. They are asking for urgent measures to resolve a tussle over conditions of service in some of the technical universities. Members at the Bulgatangas Technical University are already on strike in demand for implementation of agreed and of service benefits. National leaders have scheduled an emergency congress for Friday for a decision to be taken on a collective industrial action. Nanaya Jima has more on this report. According to the TUTAG section 42 sect of the Technical Universities Act 2016, as amended, indicate persons in the employment of a polytechnic prior to the coming into force of the act shall be deemed to have been duly employed by the respective technical university. Last year, following a strike in demand for improved conditions of service, it was resolved that years served under the polytechnics are continued under technical universities. But authorities at the Bogatanga Technical University have failed to follow the directive, leading to a strike by the teaching staff. President of the Technical University Teachers Association of Ghana, Professor Collins Ameyao, is unhappy about the misunderstanding in some universities. According to the law, uh, uh, the service to the technical university is considered as a, as a continuous service. Okay? There was no point um, the service uh, was truncated. Okay? We were not paid off during the conversion. Okay? We were not giving new appointment letters. letters. It's, it's a, it's a con- continuation from the political era to the university era. So to seek to suggest that um, you are going to segregate uh, uh, payment or you are going to implement two different conditions of service at the same time upon retirement of a, of a staff is weird to us. It's, it's mind-boggling and cannot be accepted by anybody. Initially, after the agreement, some of the universities started implementing. Okay. Uh, Kumasi, Takra, Akra, and a number of them have implemented, those who have retired have been paid based on the understanding we all have. Okay. But uh, some of the universities, I, I mentioned Bolga. Now Bolga is now the uh, center of attraction. Uh, trying to give different meaning. Okay. And that is where the problem is. Presently, the Ghana Tertiary Education Commission is seeking interpretation of Section 42.6 of the Act from the Attorney General and Minister of Justice. In a letter cited by Joy News, GTEC noted the retiring staff who served in the polytechnic era be paid two separate retirement benefits, but TUTAC disagrees. And now GTEC seems to be going along that of Bolga. So what it means is that if Bolga 
uh, interpretation is accepted. Those who have retired and have been paid, we have to call them to bring the money. Or whatever benefit they, 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 they receive from the university, they have to, they have to bring it because uh, according to the interpretation of GTEC and the other VCs, uh, it was wrongly implemented, uh, which cannot be. Okay, and that is uh, where uh, the, 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 the issue is. Okay, so what it, it means is that all TUs will be affected, all technical universities will be affected. And we try well, to reach this point. We struggle to reach this point. And we, we cannot sit down to allow uh, some individuals to, 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 to take us back. Nobody will be held ransom by just a, a stroke of pen. You write, no, we. No, 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 no. That will not happen. Until urgent steps are taken to resolve the issues, Tutag is likely to resort to a nationwide strike. For join News, Nanae Ojima reporting. At least 73 people have died in a fire in Johannesburg building in South Africa. More than 50 others are injured. Officials say it is unclear what sparked the fire at the five-story building. The building, though originally abandoned, had been occupied by homeless people. A spokesperson for the emergency services, Robert Maluzi, told the BBC that firefighters had been able to bring out some of the occupants and says that rescue efforts are continuing. Disaster management officials are also in the area to provide relief for surviving residents. Let's cross over to South Africa, where Mapitsa Sabidi joins us live from Johannesburg to give us an update of what's going on. Mavitso, it's great to have you here and seeing that you're safe. But how far are you from where the incident happened? Um, thank you so much for having me, Mamesi. So I live an hour away from the scene of the incident. So to give you a type of clear view, it's like the incident happened in Makola and I would live maybe in somewhere like Councilman, so it's quite far. Great. But around what time did this incident happen, and have people in the adjoining buildings been evacuated by fire personnel? So the incident happened at 1.30 a.m. local time, and so they have evacuated everyone, and rescue uh, efforts are still ongoing. Have the authorities been able to establish the course of the fire yet? They haven't, uh, but the Joburg uh, City Councilman uh, thinks, or uh, yeah, thinks that it might be a small fire that the uh, squatters had started because we still have cold nights. So what these squatters do, they just build a small fire. So maybe that uh, fire might have gone unattended and that caused the fire. But do we also know of any arrangements they are doing to prevent another one from happening? Unfortunately, not because I mean, these are buildings we called hijack buildings. They've been abandoned and squatters came to overtake them. So we have a lot of those abandoned um, uh, buildings. So unfortunately, right now, the only thing that they can be given is affordable housing, which they can't or which they don't have right now. So we hope that in the, in the hotter days, these fires won't uh, start or they won't continue. And briefly, before you go, we understand that 73 people died in this fire. Have they been identified and what's happening to these people, to the, the deceased, I mean? Uh, some of them are burnt beyond recognition, uh, so it's going to be quite hard. And most of them are undocumented uh, migrants. So it's also a bit uh, shaky because they don't have uh, IDs, they don't have passports. So it's going to be quite difficult to identify uh, these uh, 73 uh, dead people. Right. Grateful for your time here, Mapitsa Sabidi, talking to us live from Johannesburg, South Africa. Well, let's bring this conversation home and speak to the Director of Public Relations of the Ghana National Fire Service. Thank you for joining us, sir. How safe are the numerous high-rising buildings in Accra in case of a fire outbreak? Thank you very much. Grateful to join you here. Um, we can classify the high-rise buildings in Ghana. We have ones that uh, were up before uh, we have the legislation on high-rise buildings. Um, what is happening is that 
those who were in existence before that time, um, some of them do not have the safety facilities that is needed for modern day evacuation uh, when there is any emergencies in such uh, premises. However, the good news is that all those that uh, were put up after the promulgation of the law have facilities built in there so that they can withstand uh, uh, incidences uh, when they happen. What has the Ghana National Fire Service, I mean, found from its routine inspections of these buildings? I mean, you do, do, you do make such inspections, don't you? So, and um, you realize that in order not for us not to be caught uh, hands down, we do what we call regular uh, simulation exercises. And so if we identify a building uh, that we are not so familiar with, we do simulation exercise to put in place uh, uh, measures to ensure that if the actual incident occurs, it will be easy for us to uh, cope with the situation. And so we have regular checks and we have regular uh, simulation exercises as well to ensure that in, in the event of any uh, situation such as what has happened in South Africa, we'll be on top of the game. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Really, what do you look out for when you go to these buildings? What do you look out for, I mean, in, in, in form of education to our viewers listening? What is supposed to be there in these buildings to avoid some of these incidents? Right. Um, first of all, we look at what we call early warning systems. All such buildings are what we call early warning systems. Early warning systems are, are simply... Uh, devices that will uh, alert you in case of any emergency in the uh, premises. We also look at exits, exits or means of escape in case of an emergency. How are people going to exit the premises? We also look at uh, water supply systems to the facility. And last and foremost, we look at uh, firefighting uh, systems. Uh, these uh, uh, last one that I mentioned, the firefighting systems. Some are automatic and some are manual. And so these are the uh, things we look out for. Right. And before you go, you know, there's been some investigations going on on some fire incidents that happened, especially with that of Kumasi KTM market. Um, what's the update on, on these investigations? Um, you realize that when the KJTM market incident happened, there was a committee that was formed by the local government uh, Ministry, and so um, that committee, I think, have sub already submitted their report to the minister. Um, I don't know the content of that uh, particular investigations. Right, but but the fire service raised concerns about them not adhering to certain fire safety precautions and even not having a fire safety permit. What has become of that? Yeah, so I think uh, all of them were to be addressed by the committee that sat. Like I speak to you, I don't have a copy of that report yet, and I don't have uh, any information on that, so I can't speak to it. Right. We're grateful for your time. Mr. Timothy Osafo, who is the Director of Public Relations at the Ghana National Fire Service. You're still listening to News Desk. We'll be right back. Hello, my name is Abeku Agri Santana. If there's anything that makes my life so easy, it is my bank. I love hanging out with my boys' boys at our usual fufu joint. But even without cash, we still the chop better with Ecobank Mobile. No matter the time of day, my bank helps me stay in touch with my beautiful wife whenever she's away. And when my beautiful wife is in town, 
she never misses out on her favorite TV shows because I'm able to pay up all my TV subscriptions from the comfort of my mobile phone. Whenever she has to get groceries too, my bank makes it cashless and convenient. And the part my wife loves the most is when my bank makes it possible and easy for her to shop from any part of the world without moving. <laughs> Welcome to the smart world of Ecobank. Download Ecobank Mobile from Google Play Store or the App Store and discover the smart way to bank. Ecobank, the Pan-African bank. The new football season is here and it's best seen on HD Plus in five times crystal clear images. See the new signings, jerseys, silky skills and great goals. Touch the DFB Popper, J1 League and the Argentina Popper de la Liga Profesional on Sport HD Channel 151. The best of African football on JTV Sports Plus Channel 150. World football is best seen Philippines on HD Plus. Grab a coder and subscribe for three months at 85 Ghana CDC at HD Plus. See it, feel it. We've had news file over the weekend and uh, an interesting part of the conversation. Oh no, we are out of range. Oh, don't worry, Daddy. I have Alex in my back. Alex, what? Alexa, open Multimedia Ghana and play Joy FM. Super Hits Radio, Radio. Joy 99.7. Listen to Joy FM. Hits FM, Love FM, live on your Amazon Echo. Listen to your favorite multimedia radio stations live on your Amazon Echo device by saying, Alexa, open Multimedia Ghana, play Joy FM or Hits FM or Love FM or catch up on your favorite podcast by saying, Alexa, play and then the name of your favorite podcast from Multimedia Ghana. For a list of all podcasts available, say Alexa. Ask Multimedia Ghana to browse programs. And we are back like we never lost signal. Alexa, welcome to Multimedia. Uplifted when we take you on a captivating journey through the heart of Ghana on the flip side of the Living Standard Series, where we focused on the struggles of everyday people battered by the economic crisis. Now we focus on the stories of hope. We delve into the lives of average Ghanaians and businesses fearlessly taking on the challenges of a tough economy with determination. I believe things will get better, that's why I'm not giving up. Life is a battle. So when life strikes you down, you don't remain there. You rise up, you fight back. From bustling markets to vibrant neighborhoods, witness the unbreakable spirit of the Ghanaian as they try to build a better future for themselves and their families. Get ready to cheer on these incredible people who prove that in the face of adversity, life shines brighter every day. Stories of Hope, a Living Standard Series. This and every Tuesday on Joy News, Joy 99.7 FM, and across our social media platforms. Welcome back to Join News Desk with me, Mami Senior Mitchell Thompson. We'll cross over now to Parliament, where the committee probing the leaked IGP plot tape. And we have before them some members of the police service before the committee as we speak. Let's take live. Um, the portions of the 
Criminal Act 1960 as amended. And if you pay regard to section 210, it provides whoever commits perjury shall be guilty of a second degree felony. The definition section of perjury is section 211. And I quote. Person is guilty of perjury if, in any written or verbal statement made or verified by him upon oath before the, any court or public officer or before the president or any committee thereof, he states anything he knows to be false in a material particular or which he has no reason to believe to be true. I think the lawyers understand what I'm saying. That you are comfortable to come before this committee and lie. If it's so found that you peddled falsehood in order to deceive this committee, you are in the area of perjury already. So please, these matters, I want to bring it to you so strong. So that just open up, speak the truth, and then, I mean, release you to go. Because at the end of the day, it's not in the witch hunting. It's a matter which has engaged national attention and you want to find the truth and leave it as it is. So these are uh, my initial remarks, as I've said already. There will be the necessity to play the tape to your hearing and then progression begin. I yield space to uh, my advice, Chairman. And he used to be the deputy minister for interior, was it? Yeah. yeah. So he understands these police matters. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, let me also add my voice in welcoming the um, witnesses and um, members of the public and the media. Honorable Chairman, the committee was set up by Parliament to look into a matter that is of public importance to our country. And so we are not on a frolic of our own. Our work is constitutionally provided for. And so what we're going to engage in is a very serious exercise. And that is why the witnesses who are appearing before us have the right to counsel, and, and, and as I can see, they are ably represented by a counsel. We shall accord counsel with all the courtesies that they, 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 they deserve in the circumstances. Like I said, we are not on the, on the frolic of our own. We were given specific terms of reference, and those terms of reference shall guide us in our work. One of the terms of reference that should guide this committee, uh, first and foremost, is for us to uh, uh, authenticate or to prove, establish the authenticity of the leaked audio that has gone viral. And I, I believe you have all, in one way or the other, uh, heard voices on that leaked audio. Two, we shall also investigate the conspiracy to remove the current IGP. Three, the committee would then make recommendations um, you know, with respect to sanctions. If, for instance, the witnesses who appear before us are found culpable, we make recommendations. We don't have the power to punish. We can only make recommendations. And so that is what the committee is about. And therefore, when you uh, take your stance to proffer evidence, it is in the interest of all of us that you assist this committee to establish the truth. That's all. Like the chairman said, we're not here to witch hunt anybody. Ours is to establish certain basic facts 
make recommendations, which recommendations would be considered by the entire House. That is the remit of our mandate as a committee. Then, of course, would make any recommendations um, which could lead to um, the making of reforms, law reforms, with respect to um, police service and other relevant matters. So, Honorable Chair, these are the terms of reference which will guide us in our work. And therefore, we expect that there will be cooperation from the side of the witnesses. We have committed to uh, cooperate. That is why we're all here, fully prepared to um, do justice to the issues that have been put before us. On that note, I would uh, end here and, uh, and I wish you uh, well in, in, in your testimony before the committee. Thank you. Very, very comprehensive, Vice Chair. Thank you very much. On this note, I invite um, my good friend to uh, play the tape to the hearing of the witnesses and their lawyers. Okay, hold on, hold on. <coughs> Hold on, hold on, hold on to the table. No, well, I've just been I'm, I'm instructed by some of the love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Lawyers on the committee that uh, we should swear you in at once. So administer the oath to um, the witnesses and then the tape will be played. Sorry? Um, let, let me see. Um, are you all going to swear to um, the Bible? Let, let's find out the, the uh, um, religious persuasion, and they will know because they could stand together. And then, when you say it, you mention your name, and that's it. That is where it's in Parliament. Yes, please. So, over what is the uh, article of faith, and, and, and they should be upstanding now. Yeah, there's only one Bible. Oh, okay. So let's do it individually then. Let's do it individually then. So who will start? Yes. Okay, the commissioner. Hi. Hi. C.O.P. George Alex Mason. Swear by the Almighty God. Swear by the Almighty God. That the evidence I shall give. That the evidence I shall give. Before this committee. For this committee. Touching the matter and issue. Touching the matter and issue. Shall be the truth. Shall be the truth. The whole truth. The whole truth. And nothing but the truth. Nothing but the truth. So help me God. Thank you, Thank you. I. I. So pretending George. Swear by the Almighty God. That the evidence I shall give. Before this committee. For this committee. Touching the matter in issue. Touching the matter in issue. Shall be the truth. Shall be the truth. The whole truth. The whole truth. And nothing but the truth. And nothing but the truth. So help me God. So help me God.
I, Superintendent Emmanuel Ereje. Swear by the Almighty God. Swear by the Almighty God. That the evidence I shall give. That the evidence I shall give. Before this committee. Before this committee. Touching the matter in issue. Touching the matter in issue. Shall be the truth. Shall be the truth. The whole truth. The whole truth. And nothing but the truth. And nothing but the truth. So help me God. So help me God. So, okay, so this this morning we have the Trinity of three Christians. They also on the Bible. That's very interesting. So, Clark, let's hear the table. Yes. <coughs> we, we would like to make some uh, preliminary points uh, before the committee proceeds with the. Uh, As we introduced earlier, we represent uh, Mr. George, COP George Alex Mensah. The invitation to appear before this committee um, only referred to a leaked tape of a high-ranking police officer um, for which he is supposed to appear before this suggest committee. And, um, be examined based on that invitation. So, Chairman, we, we were not given the benefits of the tape which he was to answer questions on prior to our attendance here this morning. And so, um, in a way, we will hamper uh, our preparation, his preparation to answer the questions which will uh, be asked in that regard. And even more important, Mr. Chairman, the sense of reference of this committee was never made known to the person who has been invited so that it's able to factor and change this evidence in line with what this committee is looking for. I've noticed that the Honourable Member for Abusa uh, made mention of the term of reference um, of the committee. We have not been officially given a copy of the terms of this committee. So, Mr. Chairman, at this point, we will ask to be given um, a copy of the term of reference of the committee so that um, our client will be able to know what exactly the committee is investigating which will help us assist the committee properly. So this is our first preliminary point. We are grateful. Well, um, it's like you, you say that you, you want to see a charge sheet before, I mean, um, um, the stats, the evidence. It's not like that here. It's not being charged with anything. There's no offense that we are found against him. The terms of reference is to guide the members of the committee to do the work assigned by the respected speaker. And the terms of reference does not contain anything which would do injury to the testimony of your client. There's no surprise in it. There's nothing in it that uh, we seated here. We will do some ambush litigation that if you didn't read it, then will lead you into a blind alley for some matters to go against your client. So with the greatest of respect, we could give you the terms of reference. But the terms of reference, I mean, it's not going to affect what he's saying. The terms of reference is supposed to help us. And you see, you didn't even, I mean, be given the tape in advance before you speak to it. Because we didn't know the full extent of anybody's involvement until the tape was played and the witness who appeared before us, the first witness, said, these are the individuals who, are, who, who were engaged with the matter. 
So now, what should we do? How could we give it to you in advance uh, if we didn't know who were on the tape? We couldn't give it to you in advance. All that happened was that indeed and in fact he confirmed that. But the good news for you as counsel is that the tape should be played. When the tape is so played, you'll be listening and your, 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 I mean, I mean, your clients will be listening and you know what to do. Which you think is self-incriminating, which the law does not permit that somebody should answer, I mean, anything that is self-incriminating. Have a conference with your... And then you raise the so the greatest of respect. I don't believe that your initial your initial concerns. I mean, who 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 do. What's happening here? It's going to be a very civil engagement. I do not see how um, you not having an advanced copy of the tape is going to do damage to the case of your your client. Your client will have to listen and then answer the questions. The questions will not be anything so serious to spring a surprise on him. And I believe that um, we should proceed with this matter because, if you like, if it's a preliminary objection, I do not think that um, we should say um, we are not going to continue with this sitting because you need a lot of time to prepare for um, um, your defense. As a matter of fact, what should happen to you is that when you've listened to the tape, and you believe that um, you don't have answers or you have challenges, we can give you space to do it. So, your objection is overruled with the greatest of respect. And uh, we, we, want to, we want to proceed with the listening of the tape. <coughs> I'm sorry. And I'll give your indulgence to. The microphone, please. Can you I'll give you indulgence to listen to the tape very well and then the interrogation will start. We, we are grateful for your ruling, Mr. Chairman. Um, the basis for asking for the terms of reference, Mr. Chairman, was um, going to be the foundation for um, another objection we have before you. Um, and Mr. Chairman did indicate that um, you have no objection to us having a terms of reference. And also, I also heard from the Vice Chairman the various terms within which you are to operate. Mr. Chairman, one of the one of the terms of reference of this committee So, so you have it already? Have it. No, I don't have it. I don't have it. So Based what? on what uh, the vice chair said. Okay. Yes. Which I, I know is on record. Okay. And we will proceed from there. Based on the terms which were read out by the vice chairman, the one that concerns us most is the fact that um, the committee is required to recommend sanctions to persons found culpable where appropriate. So obviously, um, we see the committee to be one way or the other um, determining the rights of the persons who are going to appear before them. So this will take us to the composition of the committee itself. We have um, also gathered from the news some members of the committee who have made 
comments which we consider to be prejudicial, even before uh, the matter uh, was started. Respectfully, we refer to the comments uh, made by Member of Parliament for One West, Mr. Peter Lanchin Tobu. Honorable Peter Lanchin Tobu. I'm sorry if I'm not getting the name right, but this is, um, yeah. It's reported on Ghana Web. Yes. Um, Mr. Chairman, I may read the reportage I have here. I may tender for the committee's consideration if necessary. The Member of Parliament for Wild West, Peter Lanchini Tobu, says hellfire awaits police officers whose names were mentioned in the IGP's attempted elimination leak team. He was emphatic that those individuals who regret ever choosing the police as a profession. And he continues, his comments come on the back of a leaked audio in which a police commissioner is heard plotting for an unknown former executive of the Willing National and MPP, the removal of the Inspector General of Police, Dr. George Ekufu Dampare. Peter Lanchini Tobu, who is a former police officer, told NEET FM's morning show, Ghana Munti, that an officer found guilty will be harshly dealt with. This is a disgrace and they will regret it, he said. Now, Chairman, we know um, Parliament is a master of its own rules. Yes. However, when Parliament sits in a manner that affects the rights of a citizen, that sitting ought to be construed as such. And in a situation where you have the person coming to determine the rights of the individual, making comments before he even heard that individual, we are very um, alarmed that in the, in the situation where sanctions or recommendations would be made, the honorable member had already made his mind, even before he heard anything from anyone. So, Mr. Chairman, we are bringing this objection to its inclusion of the committee. And like I said, we are, members, we are masters of your own rules. You may decide the way your rules determine. But on record, this is our objection to its inclusion. Secondly, we also have a publication attributed to the Vice Chairman. And also to shorten it, there is also a publication, The Ghanaian Standard. The Vice Chairman is reported to have also stated, the actions of the one behind the podium, for me, pass for treason. Pass for treason, yes. And this matter must be dealt with as such. It is an attempt to subvert the will of the people in 2024. So, in, in, in sum, this is what he also said in one publication at the Standard. So, Mr. Chairman, we are before you. Our humble plea is that even before the committee starts its work, our clients are seen in the light of being treasonous. And also some, another member of the committee has promised hellfire on our clients, even before um, anybody was heard in this matter. So Mr. Chairman, we make these observations and we, um, for your ruling in the, in the matter accordingly. Okay. I believe um, you are trying to churn out newspaper publications and also. Okay, fine. So first of all, um, I would give opportunity to the members of the committee that you've just named for them to respond to the newspaper 
reportage, and then let's see how we proceed from there. So first of all, let me go to yes. Social media, Ghana web. Yes. And the other one is a newspaper. Okay. So let's have that. Okay, there's one Ghana web, and one is also a newspaper reportage. So, vice, you you want to start off? No, let me let me let me go in the order in which he made the allegation. No, no, you take it easy. So let my brother here, I respond first, and then uh, <laughs> and the vice will respond. Yeah. Thank you very much, Honourable Chair. <clears throat> um, let me first of all welcome the senior police officers and their lawyers who have just appeared before us. I am hearing these words for the first time. And for Ghana Web, I don't know who they are and where they are. If you are talking about social media, I'm sure we are all in this country. Sometimes they ascribe things to people, and when you read them yourself, you get shocked. And actually, I'm surprised with hellfire for whoever will do what. I, I can't just remember sleeping in the dream with these words coming out. But that notwithstanding, I've been a police officer before. I know what the rules and regulations are. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 